perfect spice choices for healthy food is important to manage chronic diseases. We have focused on a specific line of spices that can really fit your diabetic lifestyle. Our spice flavors are a game changer. We have created unique blends of all-purpose seasonings that are salt-free, gluten-free, with no additives and preservatives, great for chronic conditions like high blood pressure, obesity, and heart disease. These spices contain antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal properties, and improve digestive function and metabolism. Choose Diabetic Cuisine Spices for your family to feel more safe, confident, and support healthy aging. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. I am your girl, Butterby Rocker. Listen, we have an amazing show for you today. This young lady, she's a serial entrepreneur. She's an award-winning actress, an author, a humanitarian, and creator of Nine Lives Tour. Can you all please help me welcome Miss Patel Webb? Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. How you doing? I'm doing good. You looking good, mama? Thank you. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay, so here at Transparency Talks Podcast, I like to dive right on in. Can you let everybody know a little bit about yourself and about your background? Yes, absolutely. So I always like to say I'm actress first because that's kind of where I started. But as you mentioned, serial entrepreneur, I have added many hats to my <laughs> to my head. Um, so I'm an author, published author, uh, writer, director, and producer, founder of Us Three Productions, my new production company. Um, so I, I do a lot of things and wear a lot of hats. <laughs> okay. So where are you from? I'm from Ohio originally, but I have lived everywhere for like two years or less at a time. But now I always say I'm from Atlanta because I've been here since 2009 and everybody says once you're here that long, you're from here pretty much. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. claim Atlanta now. <laughs> yeah, if you've been here longer than about five years, you're definitely from Atlanta. You so I've heard. <laughs> okay, so you have a book entitled I Am, A Poetic Ensemble. Which I love the I love the picture I love the whole nine yard about it. Can you give us a synopsis about your book? Because to my understanding, this book is based on your life experiences. Correct? It is. It is a memoir and story of my life, um, but it's very unique in that it's written in poetry format rather than just a regular spilling out my life. It's spilled out in poetry form, so it's a really smooth read. But it also serves three um, purposes. Not only is it a memoir and a poetry book, it's also a self-help book. So I share the um, stories and the testimonies of the things that I've been through, the traumatic experiences that I've had throughout my life. And I use them in order to help other people to 
get out of certain situations such as domestic violence to um, possibly avoid situations even so it's very much a self-help book it has a lot of information in it that it's one of those things like if only I had known like the things I wish I knew and so now I can spread that wisdom and share it with someone else to hopefully help them prevent you know instances in their lives like that Mm -hmm. okay so according to your book, you've dealt with some heavy topics, you know, from depression, suicide, self-sabotage, homelessness, even human trafficking. What are some signs of depression? Because a lot of people don't really know what the signs are. You see somebody just quiet and you like, well, just let me not mess with them. But sometimes that might be a cry. Right. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of times it is. Um an unspoken thing, as you mentioned, uh, you know, people can shut down, disassociate themselves, um, disconnect from the things that they normally enjoy doing, you know, just a change of behavior all around. Sometimes it's even the opposite in which, um, you know, people will um, go out even more and, you know, then you have um, uh, drug abuse, substance abuse and things that come into play. Um, so it, it varies. Um, there's various forms of depression, different ways that people handle it and deal with it. But, you know, it's important to recognize that in yourself more than anything and see if that's something that you're dealing with so that you can fix it in the way that is necessary to be fixed for you. We're taking a pause for the cause. It's your girl, Butterbeer. <laughs> this is one of my singles entitled Straight in My Heart. Hope you guys like it. Like it, love it. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms. Butterby Rocker. Let's go. See you. Got me thinking about the very first time that we met. Ever since I've been to dreaming. Boy, I'm hooked on you. Don't want to break free of your spell. Now I
But in dealing with depression, how, you, you're saying, you know, ways that you can recognize it yourself. But how mm -hmm. do you recognize and how from do you outside. Gotcha. From the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a tough one, I guess. You know, it helps if you know the person, you can better recognize the change in behavior. If it's somebody that you don't know, you don't know if this is their usual behavior. So right. I think it's just a matter of being aware of others and I think, uh, you know, in this world of social media, we're so disconnected from each other and don't really um, empathize with other people as much as we used to. So I think just tapping back into that ability to empathize with others and recognize when something's wrong. And that goes for anything, not just depression. You can, we're talking right. about homelessness, for example. You will recognize when someone is homeless if you are connected, if you're you know, empathetic with what other people are going through and not just so focused on self and what you've got going on and just being aware of the world around you speaking to people like just talking to people and listening and you'll be able to hear what they're saying like i said a lot of times it's that unspoken word like yeah just really paying attention yeah definitely do you think that the pandemic has increased the rate of suicide oh absolutely yes and i think that's kind of a scientific fact at this point i think i've seen that posted many times um because people are you know, had been forced to be alone, had been forced to really deal with themselves and the things that they were normally possibly able to cover up by getting out and, and just filling their day with stuff to do. Right. Like now I'm here with nothing to do but think and deal with myself. So yes, I think a lot of people um, experience that even more. And also you got to think about domestic violence when it comes to that. A lot of people were trapped inside with the person that's abusing them. And so you have had a lot more of that going on during the pandemic i've heard um so yeah definitely the pandemic has taken a toll on many of us some of us that never even experienced it in the first place never were suicidal before never were depressed before ever and they're like what is this because we were just faced with um a trauma really i always use the pandemic as an example because i deal with trauma and traumatic experiences and i always tell people like if you're listening to me right now you have been through trauma, whether you realize it or not, because going through a pandemic is a traumatic experience 
in itself and it causes you to face those emotions of like fear and the unknown and what happens next and just all of this energy that you have to try to figure out how to deal with in a healthy way so. mm -hmm. definitely okay so you also mentioned self-sabotaging how does one stop self-sabotaging themselves Ooh. <laughs> um so i guess the first way to um, to stop that is to recognize that you're doing it. That's always the first step <laughs> in that because I think a lot of people who self-sabotage don't realize that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. They tend to blame it on everybody else. You know, I'm acting this way because you did this or because you said this. And it really takes some self-reflection to realize, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm the one doing this. I'm the one chasing people that love me away. I'm the one pushing everyone away and, and isolating myself or whatever the case may be. So you just have to recognize that first that I'm doing this and pinpoint what it is for you, whether it's, you know, disassociation or um, alcoholism or whatever, whatever it is for you that's causing you to self-sabotage. Um, and then once you pinpoint that, figure out the help that you need, because again, it's going to be different for every situation. If you're an alcoholic, you're going to need, you might need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, you might need therapy, you might need some professional help. You might just need to go to church you might just need to pray more like it's going to be different for everybody but just recognizing that that's something that you're doing and saying hey I, I need to work on this I need to stop I need to possibly get some help um to to deal with this and that's the first that's the hardest step I think is recognizing it but once you get past that and you see that and you start getting the help then from there you just go up from there yeah, definitely. I went to an event this weekend and one of the things that he was talking about is the power of your tongue and what you're saying to yourself. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that you you technically are self-sabotaging yourself in things that you're saying about your own right. self. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's already hard to to hear what other people saying and you try to block mm -hmm. that stuff. But but the, the most damage I do think is self. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, like it can be something as simple as just all, you know, if we just naturally will be like, I'm tired, like just I'm tired or I'm whatever, just stuff that just comes out of our mouth that we don't even think like we're speaking that on ourselves even yeah. more. Like, we're making that even worse. Yeah, like you gotta, you gotta purposely change what you're doing. If you recognize that you're, you know, being, just being self-aware, you'll recognize that you're doing that often or. You know, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of that. Like, hmm, I say that a lot. Let me work on that. And next time I think I want to say that, I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm blessed. <laughs> you know, just replace that word and do it intentionally. That's how you heal from anything. Really. Taking a pause for the cause. This is Butterbee Rocker Transparency no Talks Podcast, baby. This is Neff 150 with Sympathy. Take a walk, come and build with me here. Pick a spot, now sit and watch how the hood's with me. We put in work, conversation at a minimum. I'm straightforward, no loose ends, remember who? Stick to the script, blueprint of an architect. Strictly about business, that other shit. Step off with that. I'm cold-hearted when it comes to my cash flow. I switch lanes if you ain't got good brain, that's my last. 
Terrible, ain't it? Fourth quarter flow so faded. I brush them off like I just finished painting. My young, the straight villains, they don't know how to chill. But can you tell the hungry who gotta search for his meals and that precious? We don't know about Keep the sawed off in the couch That's the thing I learned in the South New Jersey birthed me Atlanta adopted me Internationally known So ain't nobody stopping me Treated like Monopoly And trap house your property Bootleg your backyard And have the hood work for me mm, Yeah Bosses do what bosses do Feel me? Yeah, I never really cared for the bully type You crossed me wrong, I show you with that bullet like Too many haters, too many envy, too many skill Too many fake, too many n- thinking they real See y'all chair, you gotta watch who you deal with Cause anybody and everybody ain't who to chill with See Marvin Gaye used to tell us how to sex a woman Never did he elaborate on how to respect a woman I take it serious, point blank period Yeah, I laugh and joke, but truthfully I ain't feeling it You lightweight fam, you don't understand my plan I'm trying to brand my new shit in Japan You thinking locally, see everything I write is like poetry Can't compare you to me at all, I'm poetry Streets may tell you what you want, but I ain't hearing it Everything that nigga learned, I learned off experience Divine showed me how to hustle, no fear for it Major move, making clear that you can see I'm living it Uh several ways you can tune in to Transparency Talks podcast, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to butterbiraka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbiraka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. So your book breaks down, like I said, a lot of heavy topics, including human trafficking. Do you think human trafficking is overlooked? Um, I think it's getting more attention shed on it now. Um, Mm -hmm. I have noticed it lately. It is definitely um, something that's being having more light shed on it. I mean, even even to the point, you know, you go to the airport and you hear this commercial all the time. You hear the advertising over the intercom because it happens a lot of airports that people will get kidnapped and things like that. And so you hear that constantly. And now that I'm saying it, some people are like, hmm, I'm going to start paying attention to that because, you know, you hear announcements on the intercom and you don't think anything of it. But when somebody brings it to your attention, then you start to really hear it and realize, okay, this is really happening. Um, So, but I think more people are speaking out on it. And I think like any problem in the world, um, as more people speak out on it, others will come forth too, because they'll see, 
your bravery and speaking out and say, okay, well, she spoke out on that or he spoke out on that. And I think I can too. Let me share my story now. So just in sharing our individual stories, uh, myself included, we're inspiring other people to share theirs. And that's what, that's what draws the attention to things that are a problem. And that's what helps to fix it. So we can't fix anything by remaining silent. I think that's the mistake that we've made for so long on every topic. <laughs> yeah, that that's my next question. Why do you think that people go and handle everything and be silent about it and they're not really talking about it? We had a good clubhouse room on this not too long ago on that specific topic. Um, and I think it's just the way that we're raised to um, not air your family's dirty laundry. <laughs> That's one of the phrases that I heard recently that kind of stuck with me. Um, and just to deal with things on your own, especially when it comes to personal things. So yeah, when you think about, you know, the generational curses that we've had to have to deal with and, you know, you have molestation that has happened in so many families that you don't realize it until more people start speaking out on it. And just all the, all these things such as that, for example, and we just nobody else is talking about it so why should we you know there's that fear there um that comes along with the fact that nobody else is talking about it and then the simple fact that we're trained to keep that to yourself and we had a whole room recently about um some of the things that just are bad habits that our families have especially in the black community it's like we teach our kids you are to be seen and not heard you're supposed to speak when spoken to you're supposed to stay in a child's place. Like all of these things that just comes naturally to do because we always have done it because my mom did it, her mom did it, her mom did it. And so we pass these things down. And even with that, we don't realize the damage we're causing when we're teaching kids not to speak up and not to have an opinion and don't be tattletelling. And all this stuff is like, you don't think about how much damage that could be causing. So I myself am purposely, like my main focus is breaking these generational curses. And when it comes to raising my kids and even influencing with my nieces and nephews and all of the younger generation, I'm constantly um, reminding them that to let their voice be heard, that they can have an opinion. Now you don't talk back, you know, it's a thin line, but you know, but you, you can have a voice and you can have mm -hmm. an opinion and, um, and just speak up when, when something's on your mind or something's bothering you and being able to have that line of communication. I think that is so important when it comes to, um, just training the generation differently so that that, that curse can stop. So that curse of silence can stop. And that's on anything that's on any trauma you know people aren't going to speak up if they're getting abused people aren't like it all starts in the mind and it really starts with how you how we've been raised for all these mm -hmm. generations mm -hmm. definitely so you've personally experienced human trafficking unfortunately how was you able to escape or you know get past that Girl, that's a whole nother show. We're going to need a whole lot more time. <laughs> that, I'll give you all the short version. I'll give you all the short version right now. So as I mentioned, it, it all starts in your mind. Um, so the way that most people um, groom, it, these predators will groom children and not just children, but anyone really with a weak mind. And when I say weak mind, that's not an insult. We have a weak mind if we were raised without enough love in the household, if we were, um, you know, not told um, that we were beautiful or not told, you know, the positive, not given enough positive reinforcement, we may have a weak mind because of that. So a lot of us, you know, can be in that position. And so these predators will be able to recognize that in a person 
and recognize when they're able to manipulate and groom and brainwash, so to speak, um, another person. So no matter what age group, so this doesn't just happen to children, it can happen to anyone um, with that mindset. And so I was groomed and I was, um, and that, so that's how I was kidnapped. So like I said, it was a whole, whole nother long story that will take more time than we have, but I'm giving you guys the mini version. Um, and so in order to change that, I had to develop a different mindset in order to escape. Um, when you think about something such as slavery, um, have you ever wondered like if there was one, two, maybe three masters here and then you've got all these slaves, like why wouldn't they all stand up against, you know, these people are outnumbered, right? Mm -hmm. But it's because it all started in the mind. You right. know, you had the, these people, they were groomed and that's, and that's exactly how predators work. They groom people to where even if you're not shackled or tied up or in chains, your mind is stuck there and you feel like there is no escape or if I try to escape, this is what's going to happen. And so it it's, can take years and in the case of slavery, it can take centuries <laughs> to break that mindset um, and to, to ungroom yourself, I guess you could say. I'm gonna make that a word right now. Um, and so yeah, it took, it took me some time. It took for me to have another reason to live. Mm -hmm. um, uh, which is when I, I started having children. So my first child um, gave me a reason to live. And so I fought even harder at that point because at that point I wasn't just fighting for myself. Mm -hmm. So that's really what helped me was becoming a mother um, to, to get out of that mindset and to fight. And, and I think just also getting to the point where it was like, what more can happen? You know, you think what's the worst that can happen is like, what more can possibly happen? What more could you possibly do? I'm just going to take my chances. I'm just going to run and see if I get chased, you know, like what's the worst that can happen? I felt like the worst had already happened. So it was a combination of those two things and just over a period of time, eventually escaping. And even once I did escape physically, I still had a lot of escaping to do in the mind yeah. and a lot of healing to do so that I wasn't constantly looking over my shoulder and constantly thinking everybody's out to get me and all those things that come as a result of that. So yeah, so it was definitely a process. So how old were you when you first started coming trafficking? Um, this happened over like a period of maybe a year. So between 17 and 18, um, I was probably completely free by 19. Well, good for you. I'm, I'm so, glad. Yeah, not, that might not seem like too long for some people, but when you're in it, if you've ever been in anything like that um, or anything similar trauma, that it, it can seem like a lifetime. I was only homeless living in my car for um, a couple of years, and that felt like, you know, 20 years. <laughs> Just, it can definitely feel extended when you're in it in that moment. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you being really transparent because, you know, a lot of people are going through things similar, you know, that don't want to talk up and seeing your story, it, it definitely will give people hope, you know, that if you can do it, then they can do it too. So, you know, it's always bold to be able to be transparent. And in your book, I am, I mean, you was very transparent and I, I give you much kudos for that because, I mean, that's hard, it's, but it's therapeutic. It was therapeutic for me when I wrote my book to tell my truth. So I'm assuming it was therapeutic for you. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It sure was. And then even the fact that I did it in poetry form, 
you know that's one of my that's always been one of my coping mechanisms to get through stuff even while I was going through it is writing poetry and Mm -hmm. expressing myself in an artistic way so to be able to do that and telling my story and then to be bold enough to publish it that was the hardest part I, I wrote the story I've been writing the story for so long but then I'm like oh I gotta push that button and hit send and then once it was done it's like oh no turning back now it's out there now (laughs) busting my tail on a nine to five just to keep up, try to stay alive Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith to make a way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia, hold me down From the burdens laid, knuckles roots from mistakes I made. Sweet Georgia, hold me down. Keep my feet planted on solid ground. Tell me why do I have to cry? Out? Tell me why should I Thank you. 
beauty is truly such a special sight to see. And I got a front row seat. He knows me, he showed me everything that love should be. If only he would speak, I know you don't believe, but if I can see He's flying beside me, straight into another world. I can see love in 3D. His moon shines so brightly, it seems to take control of me. Gravity is pulling me, I know it's hard to believe, but if I can see comments, why can't there be love at first sight? that feeling i mean it was mostly fear at first i'm not gonna <laughs> lie like, oh my gosh you start running through the list of everybody who's gonna read it and what they're gonna think and especially the people who may have been a part of your story or you know family who feel like they knew you at that time and they didn't really know what was going on from your point of view like they're gonna see your point of view now and be like i don't remember that you know like just <laughs> you start thinking about everybody's opinions and all that different stuff so yeah it's mostly fear at first 
but afterwards you know especially once the testimonials start coming in from the people that you're helping because you're sharing your story it really starts to outweigh all of that fear all of that stuff goes out the window it's like you know what this is worth it i'm so glad i did this because i'm saving other people's lives now so whatever anybody could possibly say negative is nothing compared to what i'm doing on the good side yeah definitely okay so you're a mother you're a serial entrepreneur you're an author you're doing all of these things a writer director actress everything right how do you separate your work and your life your personal life Ooh, that's a good question <laughs> um so i admit i'm a workaholic um i often like today for example i have my promotional shirt on right now me and my kids are about to go out and promote so i often combine <laughs> the two together um i try to make it a family affair even when i'm working um but i definitely have to disconnect as well from work sometimes so mm-hmm. i actually just this past weekend went on a, a camping trip uh, with the kids out out in the um out into the wilderness so I, sometimes i have to literally go far away out to the wilderness where my phone does not work um in order to <laughs> in order to get that escape and just focus on family so it is important to have that balance it's not always easy but I'm, I'm self-aware again it all comes down to self-awareness for me because what I realized you know what I've been working non-stop I haven't rested or I haven't spent time with my family let me let me just go ahead and sit everything to the side and fix this problem um that I'm now aware of so yeah just just I take it one day at a time and <laughs> do whatever whatever applies to that day today we're going out promoting on the street and then we're going to go um, promote at a movie theater we're going to catch a movie while we're there so it's like I try to combine the fun, the fun time and the family time with working also. So make it fun. <laughs> and then another thing that you're doing, you're doing old school guerrilla style marketing, which people don't do nowadays. So right. <laughs> you know, that's a really good thing too, because people, people only are, you know, into the internet now. And I'm like, there's so many ways that you can still get your stuff out there, the traditional. Right. So kudos mm-hmm. that as well. Okay. So during the pandemic, you wrote directed produced all of this wonderful things nine lives so can you tell mm-hmm. us about the experience mm-hmm. that you did three shows virtually and now you're mm-hmm. going to do a tour correct yes okay yes. tell us what nine yes. lives is and how you came up with it the whole night y'all. okay so nine lives is actually based on the book i am um so it is as you can see there's a there's a lot of different characters here i have nine different characters that i play it is a one woman show i'm actually all of those people (laughs) that you see there um and each one of them deals with a different topic so the way my book breaks down because of all the various traumas that i've experienced each one of these people here deals with a different topic. So one will be homeless, one would be dealing with domestic violence, one would be suicidal and depression. So it, it breaks down each of these traumas so that you can find that one that you relate to, or maybe you relate to more than one, you never know. But mm-hmm. it is a one woman show um, and it, also is a therapy session in itself (laughs) like it's literally the setting is in a therapy session um so that's exciting and just like with my book and the other shows that i've done prior to this um, i always combine multiple different genres so Mm -hmm. i can't just do one thing Um, with this one i combine film and play so it is like you'll be seeing a movie premiere but you'll also experience the live um, stage performance 
throughout it as well so that it's like you're in the movie i always um involve the audience and include them in some way and we're also incorporating dance into this one too so you're going to experience dancing singing um as well as a film and a play all in one production so it's pretty amazing and it's definitely helping people to heal just off of the three times we've done it virtually we've gotten so many reviews and feedback from that so i'm really looking forward to doing it in person um one of the great things about doing it in person is that when people come and see the show there's definitely going to be some triggers there's definitely going to be some wounds open or maybe something revealed that you didn't even realize was there that you were dealing with that you can relate to and so rather than just having people come to a show and then sending them on their way and go about their life i'm actually going to have people set up in the arena to where um, they can actually go to the tables after the show and get the help that they need so we're going to have therapists life coaches people who deal with these these different topics so that they can go get further assistance and their healing journey can continue even after the show nice. so i'm really excited about that nice i went to my first um one man show and i've never i've never seen one and i was really curious i'm like well, how is he going to because you know i do plays but i had <laughs> a lot of people in my play and i'm like how right. is he going to do a one-man show and i was right. so impressed that he was able to do all of these characters so you're doing nine characters nine different characters and some of them some of it's film and some of it's live in person so you just got to be there to to see what's what but yes nine different characters it's uh it was a challenge and believe it or not um i gave myself a 30-day challenge to do this whole production and so it literally was written, filmed, everything in less than 30 days because about 15 of those days was me procrastinating and not wanting to do it. <laughs> I literally was like, no, God, I don't want to do that. That's too hard right now. Uh, I don't have this and I don't have all these excuses that we have. So I finally gave in. And then once I filmed it, it took two days to film. Um, the night before I went to film, I laid out all the costumes and everything that you see um, and started putting the character with their trauma it just came together like literally in just a few days and then the rest of it was editing for like the last 15 days <laughs> so what's what's your process to get into your projects because i i can tell you seem kind of like me you when you start a project you you go all out right definitely after procrastinating for a long period of time <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I, I think my process, is that, that is part of my process, strangely enough. I just got to be honest, like, God will put something on my heart to do, and I just don't really want to do it at first. Like, I just, I just feel like that's too much, or I don't have the resources right now, and all of these different things. So, that's, honestly, that's part of the process that I, I think I should be honest about that, because a lot of people can relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, once I get past that point and realize, you know, God's going to provide everything I need, and this way wants me to do, and I just say yes, and just start going into it and through the process it just really happens so naturally that i can't do anything but sit back and know that that's god because i'm like i couldn't have done that you know there's no way i could have done that and even with especially with this show it's like to play all those different characters and then edit it too like when i say one woman show i'm not just talking about 
in front of the camera. Like I'm the behind the scenes production, the whole production company. I'm doing all of that. And so I'm like, that's that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So, you know, it's part of the process. It's just um, me just let him have his way and just going with the flow. Um, definitely taking moments to break away and go just be out in nature and disconnect from any distractions and things like that um, is a part of my process as well. And, and then it just kind of falls together. So when it comes to getting ready for a character, um, I just... I just kind of become that character. In the case of these characters, um, I had to keep changing characters. So it was like every time I changed my wig, then by the time I got my makeup done and everything, then I was, I felt like I was that person. You know, I had that amount of time to really just focus on what they were thinking and feeling and just disconnect from myself completely and and every other character in the show and just focus in on that one. So at that point, the accent came out, the, um, the emotions that this person was feeling, the demeanor, the way that they move and their body language and everything, like everything just changed when I became that character. So I, I just feel like it's just a God-given gift that I can't even really explain into words. So <laughs> I actually think it's, it's real cool that you are editing and doing your own stuff because now that I am writing, directing and producing and everything, and I, I know how to edit. I have never edited a film, but you know what you want is what I'm getting at. You know exactly what you want. And so you being able to do all of that, you're going to portray and show everybody exactly your vision, you know, and what you're what you've created untainted, you know? Yeah. And that and that's the best part of the process to me is just sitting back and seeing it come to life. It's like whoa that is what I've been envisioning all this time and it looks just like sometimes even better usually even better than what I could have envisioned so that's my favorite part of the process is the final product yeah <laughs> getting to yeah. let everybody else see what I've been seeing all this time <laughs> yeah definitely It's fading love 
your motivation to push to push through uh, I have several of them so I'm trying to narrow them down here I, I think my main one is the next generation that's that's the, my main motivation and, and like I said not just my kids but my nieces my nephews everyone that they'll ever know or impact or experience in their life um, because you know it's all about our future at this point um, and so, yeah, that's that's my main motivation is just this next generation and life being better for them than it was for everyone before them. Okay. So where is your, your it's not a place, where is your production going to be? Um, do you have a website for it that people can can um, go to? Is it going to be in more, multiple cities? You know, how many are It is. Um, so we're kicking it off in Atlanta coming up in just two weeks. So I'm excited about that. And then after that, we're going to be headed to South Carolina. We've got something lined up in Kentucky, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and Texas are the ones that I have in mind so far. But that's that's not to limit it to that. It's, it's limitless. I'm taking requests right now for anyone who wants me to bring the show to them. The great thing about this show is I only have to pack a couple of people with me um, to help out. I've got all the characters and cast right here. So that makes it easy. But um, but yeah, so we're taking requests to wherever wherever we're needed. I'm, I'm open to wherever God sends me and whoever may request. Um, but the website for, for me personally is vital.net and that website is kind of just the catch-all for everything right now until I get a bigger production team and we have it broken down but yes vital.net is where you can go to find out more about any of the projects that I have coming up even my books and all of that stuff 
Okay. Well, I would like to thank you so much for being a part of Transparency Talks podcast. You really discussed a whole lot of things. I encourage everyone to get your book and also make sure that you go to her website and and book her. Come to have have her production come to your state. She travels overseas. She she'll go there too. So make sure you guys tune in and support her. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you. Not a problem. Well, with that, everybody, we are out of here. And we're going to make sure that we put your link in the comments and everything so everybody can go to your site. And make sure you go support, get the book, get the tickets. Nine Lives is coming in two weeks. So make sure that you guys definitely support, support, support. And also, if you're interested in getting direct information sent straight to your phone, you can also text me that number 770-626-5075 if you'd like to be added to my text list. Uh, also, you're, you're, are you still taking sponsors? Yes, I am going to probably for the next week. I'm not going to go too close to showtime. I'm pushing it. But if you'd like to have a commercial advertised um, in the show, you can reach out for that as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And um, it was a pleasure speaking to you and seeing you. Thank you. You too, love. All right. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Transparency Talks Podcast. I'm going to leave you with one of my songs. This is my touch. Talk to you guys later. Cause it won't